You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Judges chapter 6, I'd like to start in verse number 1. The Bible says in verse number 1 of Judges 6, And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of, of Midian seven years. Now we have to understand, as a little bit of a background, I think we uh, have a general knowledge of the book of Judges, and there's a kind of a cycle that uh, the children of Israel go through, and uh, which brings the need of a judge, of uh, different judges at different periods of Israel's, um, of Israel's history here. And uh, this is no different. In chapter 6, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian seven years. Now we say it's a cycle of civilization, and this certainly was true for Israel, right? They, uh, first of all, experienced bondage. Their first bondage was, well, in Egypt, right? And then after that, um, they have deliverance, and we understand that it started with Moses and uh, how God delivered them um, through Moses and used Moses to bring them to the promised land. But even in the promised land, they experienced this cycle, where, which it started with bondage and then deliverance, and then that freedom that comes after deliverance, and then experiencing from that freedom prosperity, and then after prosperity, apathy or kind of a, a carelessness, or taking for granted what you have. And because of that apathy, then there's apostasy. There is a complete forsaking of the one who delivered you. And uh, the children of Israel uh, went through this cycle many times in the book of Judges. And in this account, we find that uh, Gideon is the man. He is the judge that will deliver Israel from the hand of Midian. But let's continue to read here. In verse number two, the Bible says, And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. And because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made them the dens which are in the mountains and caves and strongholds. And so it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites came up, and the Amalekites, and the children of the east, even they came up against them. And they encamped against them and destroyed the increase of the earth till thou comest unto Gaza, and left no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor oxen, nor ass. For they came up with the, their cattle and their tents, and they came as grasshoppers for multitude. For both they and their camels were without number, and they entered into the land to destroy it. And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. God, I pray that you'd help us as we focus in on uh, the very scene we find the children of Israel tonight. And God, as they went through some hardships and hard times and they were sent a deliverer by the name of Gideon, uh, Lord, I pray that you'd give us some truths tonight from your word. I pray that it'd help us as we enter into a new year. And God, I pray that uh, we'd just be able to focus. I pray that we'd be able to shut out maybe uh, some distractions tonight or what our hearts are set on right now or our minds are thinking of something other uh, than church. I pray that you'd help us just to focus. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to our hearts and uh, speak to my heart tonight as uh, I believe you've given uh, the words tonight from your word. And uh, we'll, we'll give you glory for what you do. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That cycle of civilization, uh, as we experience that bondage and the revolution or the deliverance, the freedom, prosperity, apathy, apostasy, 
Um, I, I can't help but let my mind go to our country, America, and how we've, we've experienced bondage ourselves, have we not? And then there was a, a revolution, the American Revolution, the war for independence. And from that war, we experienced a great freedom, and we've had war since then, but we've seen God bless, and we've experienced that wonderful freedom, and from freedom, we've experienced prosperity. But yet, I fear that we've gotten even past the apathy of, of taking for granted what God's given to us. And we're in the state where our country is turning its back against God and has been for a number of years. And so I can't help tonight but uh, have my heart broken for our country knowing that we're going through this cycle. And I can't help but think that uh, maybe the mentality of ending 2022 and going into 2023, maybe we're in the side where we're fearful. Maybe we're, we're unsure of what 2023 is going to hold. But maybe there's some of us tonight, and may I encourage all of us to, to think, would there be a Gideon in the midst of us tonight? And maybe would there be a church tonight that would stand and say, you know what, there is a, there is a country uh, that is taken for granted what God has given to us. There is a country who's turned their back on God, but yet there is a Victory Baptist Church who says, I will be the Gideon to our country. I will be the one who will take back and uh, experience, uh, allow our, our country once again to experience the deliverance before we have to experience the terrible bondage of losing every freedom that we hold dear. We have the Midianites who oppressed the children of Israel. It was bad. Can you imagine? I, I have no experience, absolutely zero. I've planted some plants, but I have no, no experience as a farmer. But I can only imagine that as a farmer who their whole livelihood is the, the, the crop that they plant from each season. To have that, they nurtured it, they've grown it up, and they're just about ready to harvest it, and then to have somebody come in and completely destroy their crops. Not only their crops, but all their livestock. Take away everything that they literally have as, as their livelihood to be able to provide any kind of income for their family, to be able to have it just completely destroyed before their eyes. It's hard for me to imagine how truly terrible it was for the children of Israel at this very moment. And I'm not saying that all hardship comes as a result of sin, but it sure did for the children of Israel in this passage. And as we look here, the Midianites, because of uh, children of Israel's disobedience to God, they oppressed uh, Israel. And when we leave God's umbrella of protection, that is exactly what happens to us as well. If we can picture tonight, I won't do it, uh, even though I'm not superstitious. I, I, I wouldn't carry in an umbrella and then open it and then, and then uh, just picture it leaving uh, that protection of that umbrella. What does that umbrella do for us? Well, it's, it's sure as handy to have when it's raining outside. It's sure as handy to be able to be protected from the elements and, and not get all uh, sopping wet. Uh, that umbrella is, is very, uh, very handy. It's something that provides something that's much needed for us. And so God's protection, God's uh, umbrella of protection is just that. When we stay in the will of God and we stay right underneath that umbrella and we follow where, where God leads us and, and we stay in the center of God's will, it's amazing how God will protect us through anything. He'll protect us from the enemies of God. But yet the moment that we decide to step out and step away from the umbrella, we start encountering the enemies of God. We start encountering things that we never would have thought would happen under God's protection, but yet God is allowing us, because we've, uh, we've gone from out from underneath that protection, God is allowing us to experience the judgment and the wrath of even uh, being subject to the enemies of God. And so 
tonight as we look at the children of Israel, could we relate to them and really understand that there are some things that we have to uh, stay under God's protection or else they may come and we may experience God's judgment. In verse 11, uh, we find uh, a little bit further, there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak, which is in Orpah, uh, or Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abizrite and his son Gideon, threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. All right, so we have Gideon. Gideon is afraid. I think it's pretty, pretty clear by this verse that we just read. Why? Because he's threshing wheat in a place that you don't usually thresh wheat, and he's hiding it so that he doesn't get caught and so that the Midianites don't take it and destroy it. I'm reminded of uh, my, my youngest daughter, Olivia. She is in the phase where um, it's almost like that. Uh, it's not the constructive phase. It's the destructive phase. <laughs> it's the phase where you give her food and you expect her just to scarf it down, and a lot of times she does. But when she gets full, she takes the remaining food and she likes to throw it wherever she'd like. Amen. Creates a piece of art on the floor. And uh, not only that, but uh, here recently even, I... I try to, you know, be a sweet father, and I, I lean in to give Olivia just a, a kiss on the cheek, and it, I'm met with some claws on the face, right? She thinks I'm going to try to tickle her or something, and she gets all excited and, and uh, goes at it. When uh, Michael and Emma, they have these magnet tiles, and they like to build uh, these towers, and, and really uh, some pretty awesome creations. And Olivia who doesn't quite understand the constructive part of magnet tiles, she takes it upon herself to just go ahead and destroy anything that's standing. And so she'll do it time and time again. And uh, to where it's even to where that uh, they build something just so that Olivia can tear it down. And so uh, Olivia is in, in a, a great phase of life, and we enjoy every surprise that she has for us. But Gideon here, he is hiding the threshed wheat so that he could have food to eat and maybe for his family as well. But he's hiding, and that's exactly where the angel of the Lord finds him. In verse number 12, the Bible says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Again, uh, I, don't, uh, I can understand that God here has a sense of humor. Um, he is telling Gideon, who's hiding, threshing wheat, trying to, to hide it from the Midianites, who's fearful. And the angel shows up, and the first thing that says, Hey, thou mighty man of valor, are you ready for the message that I have for you? And we find, I, I, think, I think this was just God giving a glimpse to Gideon what his potential truly could be. At this point, we, we really don't find that Gideon has done anything as of yet besides hiding from the Midianites. I, I don't see any past... Uh, history or account found in the Bible, but yet we are in introduced to Gideon, and the only thing that he's accomplished, uh, uh, recorded in Scripture, is that he's hiding and he's threshing wheat. But God comes to him and he says that he's a mighty man of valor. As we look at Gideon, and we're going to follow through just uh, as time allows tonight, um, the, the life of Gideon and how God uses Gideon, I want to take that and, and I want to just be an encouragement to you. Um, as we prepare for 2023. As a matter of fact, you may be feeling the way that Gideon did. You may be feeling, man, everything that I build, everything that I've produced in this last year, it just seems like it's been destroyed. Man, I, I, I feel like there's some good days. I feel like there's some productive days in 2022. 
But yet, I, man, I, I feel so discouraged going into 2023. And, and why is it that I'm so fearful for the future? Maybe you feel that way. How do I know that 2023 is going to be any different? Should I even bother planning for 2023? You know, if God allows us to go into 2023, He surely has a plan for us in 2023. I don't mind if the Lord decides to come before this year is over. But yet, if we enter into a new year, I know for a fact that God has a plan and He has a purpose for each one of us in this new year. And so tonight, are you preparing to live in 2023? Are you preparing to live it God's way? I'd like to preach a message entitled tonight, A Thriver's Guide to 2023. You might have heard a survivor's guide or a survival guide. Uh, But I, I can guarantee you tonight, as a Christian, we don't just have to survive in 2023. Man, we get to thrive. And it's not because of anything that we do, but it's because of what God can do as we trust in Him. Number one tonight, I find it in verse 15, and we'll get there as we continue to read. But number one step to thriving in 2023 is to let go of the excuses. Let go of the excuses. In verse 13, the Bible says, And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might. And thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, here's the excuse. You ready? My family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. The Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. What a promise. Amen. I think we can say that God had a plan for Gideon. Yeah. I think we can say that God wasn't worried about Gideon's weaknesses. And so for us to to look at Gideon, to apply it to our life as we go into this new year, could I just remind all of us, let's just let go of the excuses. There is no excuse big enough to where God cannot use us. Maybe you do feel discouraged. Maybe, Maybe you do feel inadequate. Maybe you do feel like 2022 has been uh, anything but what you had hoped for. But can I say tonight that as we go forward and as we turn that new leaf in the new year, could I say that we first, if we're going to thrive in 2023, we have to let go of the excuses. Don't let your family situation, maybe your lack of talent, as as you may think, or failures uh, in your past get in the way of your preparations for 2023. Could I remind you that Thomas Edison... Uh, His teachers told him that, um, and I quote, he was too stupid to learn anything. As a matter of fact, he was fired from his first two jobs for being unproductive. As an inventor, Thomas Edison made 1,000 unsuccessful attempts at inventing the light bulb. But yet we have light bulbs tonight because of Thomas Edison. He didn't give up. He didn't let the 1,000 excuses that he could have used uh, to get in the way of what God allowed him to to do in inventing the light bulb. And so we can learn from Thomas Edison tonight. Let go of the excuses. Number two, look at verse 16. The Bible says, 
And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. I see number two, our Thriver's Guide to 2023. Listen to God's call. Listen to God's call. God says you can do it. Guess what? You can do it. You may not think you can, but God, with his help, with his strength, according to his plan, you can be successful. You can thrive in 2022 if you listen to God's leading in your life. God told Gideon that he wants to, be, uh, he wants to use him to defeat the Midianites. All he has to do is follow his leading. I know I'm not the only parent that struggles with this, but if my kids, and yes, they do watch TV from time to time, but if my kids are watching TV and I try to instruct them or tell them something while they're watching TV, I get nowhere with them. Even at five and three years old, I get nowhere. And it's amazing. You have to pause it. You have to get their full undivided attention. You have to get that eye contact, and then you can tell them what you need them to do. And uh, I, I, I can't help but think, as Michael and Emma, they get distracted that way. Man, how often do we get distracted that way? We're, we get so wrapped up and we get so busy in everything that's going on in our life, especially this time of year with Christmas, right? It's so busy. You're, you're trying to please everybody. You're trying to meet all these needs. You're trying to make sure that Christmas is just the best Christmas ever. And then we lose track of what actually we need to be doing, right? Keeping our eyes on Jesus all day, every day. And so when God is calling and when he's trying to direct us, we've got to make sure that our eyes are on him. We've got to make sure that our ears are open or we're just like my children and uh, probably us too. Maybe the guy's watching, watching sports and, and uh, your wife is trying to tell you something and she's not going to get anywhere unless uh, we pause the game or wait for a timeout. But uh, anyway, we've got to listen to God's call. Amen. I remember uh, loading up and, and every time we get into the van, we have the phrase that you have to buckle up all the way. And I understand uh, law enforcement, please forgive me. There are times when uh, our, our children buckle halfway if we're still in the, this little Lakeview Park neighborhood, maybe a ride to the church. And, uh, and so when we go anywhere outside of our neighborhood, they ask, should we buckle up all the way? And so I try to get ahead of the question. I tell them, all right, we're getting in the van and I need you to buckle up all the way. But without fail, they'll still ask, we buckle up all the way? Yes, all the way. And then Emma, she, she has this thing where she, she just gets all excited about it, enthusiastic about it. And she says, all the way? I said, yes, all the way. Let's do it, Emma. Get buckled now. All the way? Yes. Let's, let's buckle up all the way. I've never been so excited to buckle up, but we're going to buckle up all the way right now. Let's do it. So we've got to be listening, even though God may be saying time and time again, maybe he's ahead of you in your plans and says, hey, I want you to do this. Be prepared to do this. And then we go back and we say, God, are you sure you want us to do that? Yes. Yes, I'm pretty sure because I've already said it to you. And so we can get that way as well, but we must listen to God's call. Listen to what God is calling you to do, big or small. My life verse is 1 Corinthians 1, 26 and 27. I love how it starts. The Bible says that for ye see your calling, brethren. Not only does God call and we can hear his call, we know his leading, but we can see it. Man, for you see your calling, you know exactly what God wants you to do. And it's amazing that no excuse that we can give is an excuse to get out of what God wants us to do. 
Because immediately following that is God's chosen the foolish things. God's chosen the weak things. God's chose, chosen those, those things, uh, the excuses that we can come up with to say that I'm not adequate to be used of God. But yes, we are because that's how God is glorified. The less adequate you feel to serve God, uh, the more God wants to use you. And that's the reason why. Because God can be glorified in your uh, shortcomings, so to speak. Listen to God's call. I'll move a little bit quicker. Number three. Lean on God's power. Lean on God's power. When the angel comes to Gideon, he instructs him that he is going to be the one to deliver them from the hand of Midian. But it started, God's instruction was, hey, uh, Gideon, the first thing I want you to do is I want you to go and cut down your father's grove that he uses to worship Baal. I need you to start at home, Gideon. And I need you to obey in this thing, and then you can obey in the bigger thing. But I'm sure for Gideon, that, that little thing seemed like a big thing. Sure. Good night. Ah, that's my dad. You want me to cut down his grove? You want me to rustle his feathers? <laughs> all right, Lord, I trust you. And so Gideon, first of all, he goes and he cuts down his own father's grove that was built for Baal. And then we know the passage where we have uh, Gideon and his 300 mighty men, his 300 men that God chose, but it didn't start with just 300, did it? God narrowed it down and narrowed it down from 22,000. And then he said, hey, anybody that's fearful and afraid, go ahead and go home. 10,000 leaves. And then they get to the water there and, and they're thirsty. And so he said, hey, Gideon, I want you to take note. The ones that, that, uh, that keep their, their eyes up, the ones that, that uh, lap, and bring the water to their mouth, and that are alert, those are the ones I want you to use. The men that bend down on their knees and aren't, aren't paying attention to their surroundings, those are the ones I want you to send home. So God narrows it down from 22,000 to 300. And why does God do that? Because God doesn't even need the 300. God can succeed with just one. God could have just used Gideon all by himself. Time and time again, though, I, I find that Gideon, uh, not that he's second-guessing God, but he was fearful in the next steps that God would have him to take. Maybe we're fearful in this new year of what God would have us to do, but we can learn to lean on God's power. God specializes in working with small numbers. God has a way of removing potential crutches and the way of fully relying on him. Isn't that true? Okay, God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to lean on you. But just in case, I'm going to have this plan B, you know, just something I can lean back on just in case something falls through. But we can fully rely on God's strength because he is worthy. Number four, look for opportunities to be used. Amen. Let go of the excuses. Listen to God's call. Lean on God's power. Look for opportunities to be used. In chapter seven, would you go with me to chapter seven and verse nine? The Bible says, and it came to pass in verse 9, the same night that the Lord said unto him, Arise, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. I'd say that that's probably an opportunity, Gideon. God says, go right now. It's your opportunity to be able to, to take the, the host of Midian. He says, go now, get thee down unto the host, for I have delivered it into thine hand. But... If thou fear to go down, go thou with uh, Fura, thy servant, down to the host. 
And so we find that we can look for opportunities to be used. In 2023, what are some goals and what are some opportunities that you think might arise that you can serve God in? You can serve God in ministries here. Say, well, it's such a big ministry and I feel like all, 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 the, all the spots are, are filled. There's no holes. There's no need for any more workers. And could I say uh, the, the opposite is true. We always need more workers. Uh, whatever ministry it is, hey, I'm a choir director and so I could say, hey, we need some more choir members. We always need more choir members. We always need more bus workers, more nursery workers. There's opportunities to serve and so look for those opportunities. How about opportunities to witness? How busy do we get to where we don't even think twice about it anymore? We go on our day, we run our errands, and the people that we could have stopped to talk to and maybe had an opportunity to witness to, we, we didn't even take that opportunity because we were too busy. But the opportunities are there. We just have to have eyes to see it. Have you ever looked and looked and looked and tried to find something that you're looking for and it was right in front of you the whole time? I've had, I've had where I've had the sunglasses or the glasses on my head and I've been looking all over for them and lo and behold, they're on my head. But it happens, we just have to realize it's there. <laughs> Even our eyes are open, but yet we've got to be able to see it and recognize those opportunities that we're looking for. God, that, that is a promise that God will not uh, go unfulfilled. If, if you ask for an opportunity to serve God, God is going to bring those opportunities to pass. We just have to be looking for them. Number five, I have six tonight, so we've got two more. Number five, go back in verse 39 of chapter six. The Bible says, And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. For it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Now Gideon, he had some lapses of faith, or, or he just wanted some signs that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And so Gideon, he, he asked the first time, Hey, God, let the ground be dry and let the fleece have, have that dew upon it. And that morning he, he rung at the dew and the fleece, and he said, God, please don't be mad at me, but can I just make sure, like extra sure that, that you're, you mean what you say? Can, can tonight the fleece be dry and the ground be wet. And so Gideon, uh, he, he's fearful. He's a little bit nervous. He's a little bit hesitant. And he learns that God is going to be true to his word. All we have to do is trust him. God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. So number five, could I say, leave the results to God. Leave the results to God. We don't have time to turn there, but in Proverbs 3, uh, we find a well-known passage of Scripture in verse uh, number 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. We don't have to do anything but trust. Faith is our part. God actually producing the results and being true to his word, that's all on God. And God is more than capable of doing what he says. All we have to do is trust. So leave the results to God. There's a phrase, trust but verify, and it was made popular uh, by President Ronald Reagan. And I'll just uh, mention this. Suzanne Massey, an American scholar, met with Ronald Reagan many times while he was president of the United States between 1984 and 1987. She taught him the Russian proverb, meaning trust but verify. 
She advised him that the Russians like to talk in, print, uh, in Proverbs. It would be nice of you to know a few. You are an actor. You can learn them very quickly. The proverb was adopted as a signature phrase by Reagan, who used it uh, frequently when discussing United States relations with the Soviet Union. That was uh, nuclear disarmament and uh, making sure that uh, you can, hey, Russia, we can trust you, but we're just going to verify and make sure that we're protected of our own selves. And so um, that, that phrase was used many, many times over and over again by President Reagan. And he said, hey, we trust you, but we're just going to verify that we can trust you. Can I say that that is not the attitude or that is not the relationship that we should have with God? God, I trust you, but I just need to make sure. All we have to do is trust. It's a blind faith. We just trust God and he'll take care of it. We don't have to verify. And God is true to his word. We can trust him. And he'll, he'll make sure to bring it to pass. And then the last point is this. Last key to the Thriver's Guide for 2023. Lift praise and thanksgiving. In verse 15 of chapter 7, we find the Bible says, And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and the interpretation thereof that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. Uh, just to give a little background of this, this story, this account, you know that opportunity that arose where Gideon could go and, and he could take Fura with him if, if he was fearful? All right, so he has him and his buddy because he was fearful. And that was Gideon. He was fearful. That's okay. God says, hey, I provided a friend for you, and you go. You take the opportunity. And that night when he went into the, the camp of the Midianites, he overheard one of the Midianites sharing with his friend, saying, uh, man, I had this strange dream last night. And this dream was this barley loaf just came like rolling into our camp, and it rolled into a tent, and the tent just collapsed. And then his friend tells him, you know what? I know exactly what that dream means. It means that uh, the sword of Gideon... Man, Gideon's going to be conquering us. I mean, the Lord is going to be delivering us into Israel's hand. That's what that, that dream means. And so Gideon's listening to this and thinking, man, this is amazing. They're already having dreams, and they're already, I don't know how they heard about me, uh, about Gideon, little fearful Gideon. I, I don't know, that mighty man of valor, I guess. But, man, God is going to deliver us, or, or uh, deliver Midian into our hands simply because, man, God can do it. And God can answer. And he's even told the Midianites that they're going to be conquered through these dreams. That's amazing. And so what was Gideon's response to that, though? Gideon's response to that was, hey, I'm going to worship God. We find that in that verse that, that we just read in verse 15. His response to the interpretation thereof, the Bible says that he worshiped and returned to the host of Israel. He said, hey, now I know. Man, God is going to do this. It's going to be amazing. And I'm going to worship God. I'm going to thank God. And that's exactly what we should be doing as well. When we see that God brings the results and God is true to his word, we give all the glory and all the praise to him. In 2023, we ought to praise God for what he's going to do as we leave the results up to him. Maybe 2023 isn't, isn't going to be quite what we want it to be simply because we haven't thanked God for what he's done in 2022. But when we have an attitude of worship, and we give and we lift up the praise and the thanksgiving that's due to his name. It's amazing how God will continue to bless. 
Psalm 74 says this, Let all those that seek thee rejoice and be glad in thee. And let such as love thy salvation say continually, Let God be magnified. So the goal in 2023 should not just be to survive, but yet we can thrive through God. So can I ask you as closing, have you been letting go of excuses? Or will you let go of excuses in 2023? Have you been listening to God's call? Have you been leaning on God's power? Have you been looking for opportunities? Have you been leaving the results up to God? And have you been lifting up praise and thanksgiving? As we enter into a new year, may we take these points and may we just give it all to God. Say, God, I'll make the preparations. I'll make the plans. And that is, I'm just going to simply trust in you. God will bring it to pass. All we have to do is trust. Gideon, in and of himself, was nothing. He was fearful. He was the one threshing wheat in secret because he was afraid of the enemies of God. But yet God used him, recognized his potential, and said, hey, mighty man of valor, I can use you. And Gideon was used simply because he trusted. May we trust God in 2023. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.